Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Even as packaged food and beverage companies scramble to meet increased consumer demand while also compensating for sluggish supply during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, many are shifting already limited resources towards added support for employees, customers in need, and the broader community. For most, the motivation for helping is simply to do good. But in many cases, these efforts also will generate gratitude and goodwill that likely will translate to increased brand awareness, consumer loyalty, and higher sales long after the current restrictions to reduce the spread of COVID-19 are lifted. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, we take a closer look at how a handful of companies, including Unilever, Icelandic Provisions, and So Good So You, are helping their communities while keeping their staff safe, meeting their current heightened business obligations, and planning for a future beyond the current pandemic. While all Americans are feeling the strain of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, and the extreme measures necessary to slow its spread, many food and beverage companies are shouldering a disproportionate share of the emotional, economic, and physical burden. As Yostin Solheim, the Executive Vice President of Food and Refreshment at North America at Unilever, explains, most CPG companies and retailers are considered essential businesses, and as such, many continue to go to manufacturing facilities picking and packing warehouses, and retail stores each day despite the threat of exposure. An unprecedented event and tragic on so many levels. Uh, Tragic from a human health and human safety point of view and super challenging for our healthcare services and our frontline healthcare providers around the world. And, uh, and it's, it's a hard time to, to run a business. It's a hard time to manufacture essential products like food and, and hygiene and soaps and other things that we need uh, for our daily lives. Uh, so uh, so we, are, uh, we feel we are right in the middle of it. What we have seen across America uh, as this pandemic is spreading is a huge amount of pantry loading. People have been stocking up and and shopping. People are obviously spending a lot of time at home and having to take care of their families. So that has put enormous pressure on our retail partners, uh, on the logistics systems and all the amazing uh, people that stock the shelves, that deliver products uh, to the grocery stores and uh, to our own uh, manufacturing and manufacturing staff. Uh, So our approach has been straightforward. We, we first of all want to make sure that for everybody that is coming to our sites and, and work uh, in our business that they are safe and that we are maximizing their safety and their feeling of safety. We believe that through that they can do their best work and, and deliver uh, for the country and for the community. So uh, it has definitely been hectic. We've been running 24-7 and I'm super proud of what our teams have been able to do and what we've been able to do with our retail partners. It will still take a little bit of time before we are fully restocked, 
but there's enough food in America, there's enough supplies in America to go around, and we will uh, get it to all the right places. Based on Solheim's description, one could easily argue that many CPG companies and their employees are doing more than their fair share to keep society functioning during the pandemic. And yet, he said many Unilever employees want to do more, which is how the company's United for America initiative was created. Our uh, company is a values-led company. It's a a purpose-led company. And our staff and our employees' first reaction is not just how and what we can do in our business, but what they can do for their communities and to support the hardship that they see around them. Uh, So this was really not a question of if, this was a question of how and how quickly we could make an impact. We have more than 8,000 people working in the U.S., and and people really want to be part of making a difference. People want to be part of a day of service. People want to know how they can help during this time. And I've just been so impressed with how our people have stepped up to that and how people beyond our immediate uh, uh, employees all want to step in and help. I think that is admirable, and it shows the character and culture of America at its best. So the first thing we started with was really what can we do immediately? What can we do right now as we see the need out there exploding? And the first thing we then did was to uh, deliver about $8 million worth of donations in terms of food, soap, personal hygiene, home cleaning products uh, to our partner, Feeding America. Feeding America, with their 200 food banks, can reach about 40 million Americans and have an efficient and effective system for distributing uh, these products where they are the most needed. So that was really step one. What can we get our hands on now and how do we get it out to the most, uh, the people in most need? Uh, we then continued uh, to look at how we could develop this program, and uh, uh, we saw in our immediate community around our head office in New Jersey an acute need uh, for face masks. So we also donated 200,000 face masks to our local hospitals in, in the New Jersey area. Uh, we then went on to really see, well, what else can we do? and Uh, And how can we engage all of our employees, all of our skills and knowledge in helping America? And that's where the National Day of Service uh, came to be. And we are aiming uh, to have a National Day of Service on May 21st, where we aim to serve the underserved communities, the people in most need, and to raise awareness for our NGO partners and for the relief partners that we are working with today. So that really means in practice that across our 14 factories, we will donate the equivalent value of the products that our people are making that day on May 21st. Uh, It will be a day of volunteering for all of our employees where we will look at how we can make a difference in our local communities across the country. Obviously, we'll do that in a safe way. If social distancing is still part of our lives, then we will... uh, We will find ways uh, to utilize the skills and the capabilities of all of our staff members. And we will also donate all of our media investments that day to really raise awareness 
and uh, both celebrate the front line of this and raise awareness for our partners. That's the, the overarching United for America program. So an immediate relief through Feeding America with about $8 million worth of food and hygiene products and um, 200,000 face masks and then a day of service, which is equivalent to around $12 million worth of products and services. Uh, so a total commitment of $20 million uh, to serve uh, the United States and our communities. At a global level, Unilever also is focusing on helping the smaller suppliers and retailers with which it works that also are being negatively impacted by the pandemic. Unilever, as a global company operating around the world, uh, has embraced a very similar program to what I've just outlined in the United for America. Unilever operates in euros, so the numbers are in euros, but basically uh, Unilever globally has committed 100 million euros in product and services. And uh, so that's uh, 20 million of the United for America are part of that but also to support our smaller suppliers and retailers uh, that are very dependent on Unilever for their survival. We have made a fund of 500 million euros, so about $540 million available for cash flow relief. Cash flow and managing cash will be so critical for smaller companies, suppliers, and smaller retailers through this crisis. So that's why we've taken this decision to make this cash flow relief fund uh, available. Well, not all companies can direct as many resources to the pandemic as Unilever. Brands of all sizes are doing what they can to support their community. For example, the emerging brand So Good So You, which makes functional beverages, including a cold-pressed juice immunity shot, that has a healthy dose of organic ginger, orange juice, and 1 billion colony-forming units of probiotics, recently launched its Healthcare Hero initiative. Company co-founder Rita Katona explains how the young brand is leveraging its strengths to help those who are helping others. So we kicked off our Healthcare Heroes initiative that is helping us connect with our community by accepting nominations of frontline healthcare workers who are working in hospitals that are in the most heavily impacted uh, COVID-19 hot zones, if you will, and uh, we're monitoring that via the CDC's website. And we are, uh, through that nomination process, we are able to send care packages of our product, which helps people uh, stay healthy, our um, immunity shot in particular, and our, our uh, energy shot, which also has probiotics, so um, also helps people maintain their, um, their health and supports the immune system. So we're sending these big boxes full of love and our uh, delicious health-promoting products to hospitals all over the country through the help of our community who are stepping up and raising their hand and, and providing these nominations and thanking their friends and family who are on the front lines. And this is something that we are really proud of and fortunate to be in a position where we are able to do a program like this. 
She explained that the initiative embodies the company's core belief that people can do more together than as individuals and that the products they offer are for the love of body and planet. These are just two examples of the many approaches that CPGs are taking to support their communities through donations and service. As admirable as it is that so many CPG companies and their employees want to go the extra mile to support their communities on top of meeting increased demand, none of it's possible if staff are not kept safe, which is why supporting workers comes first and foremost for all the brands featured in today's podcast and most of the other food and beverage players in the industry. For So Good So You, company co-founder Eric Hall explained protecting his employees means sending home those who can work remotely, and for those who can't, changing the way they interact with each other to allow for physical distancing. Commitment of our values um, starts first with our team members, making certain that we invest in them and protect them. You know, part of our company is fortunate enough to be able to work for home, but we're a manufacturer, not just a brand. So we make our own products. And so there's half of our team members, and I'm at the plant today, um, that do not have that luxury. So there's several steps that we've done to support our team members first and then our community around us. So the first things we did was we immediately did work for home for everyone who could. We extended all sick leave for up to four weeks, even if you just joined our team, to make certain that you can take care of a loved one if they're sick and you can take care of yourself. And that is not just for coronavirus. It's anything needed. Um, We then modified our uh, work schedule. We modified our production line to separate for social distancing. Um, We have increased hours, increased capacity, increased sanitization, Um, We even donated to a local charity that we, um, uh, one of our team members is affiliated with, and they made cloth masks for us because we feel the N95 masks, even if we could get them right now, need to go to first responders in this crisis. So for the 15 team members that work on the floor every day and where they're normally clustered together in certain areas, we looked and said, is there a way that we can do this safer? And every company out there is doing this right now. We are fortunate enough to be able to recognize that many of the bottles in production where people are clustered together at one time really had a benefit of speed, but that we had an opportunity to be able to um, uh, slow that process down but do it in a more safer social distance way. At maximum right now, our team members are in pairs. And so rather than rotating fully through for OSHA, they're switching in pairs. Likewise, when they go on breaks, rather than having all 15 at break at once, we have a maximum of five people. We've separated our our break area into separate tables with six foot feet distance apart. We've added sanitization at each table where prior to a person setting down, they can sanitize their area. They then can sanitize it where they're done and sign off so the next person has that perception of safety as well, knowing that the community around them is supporting them towards better health so that when they leave here, they can feel better about their overall health going home to their families. From there, being able to meet this unprecedented uptick that we're seeing as consumers are viewing our products as helping them maintain their health, we have then been able to open our doors, so to speak, 
to other businesses that unfortunately are suffering right now. And so we know quite a few companies that are in the restaurant industry, and we've been able to reach out to those companies, ask if they have employees that perhaps are looking for employment, and to be able to give them short-term employment to bridge from where they are today to when that restaurant can open again. Like So Good, So You and many other CPG manufacturers, employees' safety and health also are a top priority at Icelandic Provisions. But the company's CEO, Mark Alexander, notes Icelandic Provision is not just worried about employees' physical health, it's also looking for ways to nurture them emotionally and socially at a time when many Americans are anxious, lonely, and unsure of the future. Alexander noted that the mental health was a big motivator behind Icelandic Provision's weekly donation of about 30,000 cups of its high-protein, low-sugar, yogurt-like skier to City Harvest in New York, as well as other charitable efforts. We're based in New York City. It's our home market. And uh, in, in New York, which is, uh, as everyone knows, one of the epicenters for this virus, um, we thought one of the ways that we could help is to provide some of the food insecure in the city uh, with some really nutritious food, which is, which is what we make. Um, so we are partnering, partnering with uh, City Harvest. It's a great organization that's been around since uh, the early 80s and has a simple mission to feed hungry New Yorkers. And uh, so we've uh, we've set up with them now where we're providing about 30,000 cups uh, of our traditional skier each week. Uh, And then that's going through their distribution system, which uh, is is a really effective way to get food out to the front lines and people who really need it, uh, particularly during this crisis. I think this really came out um, of uh, our employees' desire to do something. You know, we're all stuck at home. Uh, We feel sometimes a little helpless in terms of what we can do. And so this is a strong sort of employee-driven thing of what what can our company do to to, to give something back. So I think, first of all, um, it uh, it makes our people feel really good about being part of our company. And, you know, sort of the main thrust is uh, our our efforts with City Harvest. But we have other employees who are doing uh, things on on their own uh, where we're providing the product and they're getting it out there. For instance, uh, we have our head of innovation um, who has a local uh, restaurant cafe uh, that he goes to called Gertie in Brooklyn. And they are providing bags of groceries uh, for um, hospitality workers that are struggling right now. And so we're donating to them as well so they can serve those, uh, those types of workers. But the point is that um, our employees are um, you know, really motivated to try and have some impact dr- during this situation. So these kinds of initiatives um, you know, I think are really good for the spirit of our team and people feeling good about our company. Solheim explains that Unilever also has provided its employees with an extra layer of support since beginning of the pandemic by offering added financial protection. For our own employees, uh, we are also committed to protecting our own employees from any sudden drops in wages and pay. And that we are, we are basically guaranteeing them a three-month protection and that includes also contractors and people that work on the Unilever sites, like our cafeteria staff, etc. Obviously, it excludes people that are covered by other programs, but this is an important part of uh, allowing our own people 
to focus on making an impact and, and, and doing the best they can and not worry uh, about their, their short-term uh, pay. While most of these efforts come from an altruistic foundation, a nice side benefit for companies supporting their community during the pandemic is a chance to either introduce their brands to new consumers or remind them of the products that they offer. For example, Katona and Hall of So Good So You explain that donating product doubles as a sampling effort that they expect will play off in the long run, if not the short term. The company is a couple of years old now, and we are still in rapid growth mode. And in about 10 days, with adding um, full chain sprout distribution um, to our lineup of, of other fantastic retail partners, we'll be in 47 states. So truly um, coast to coast and, and a national brand. And we are still very much in brand building um, and awareness building mode. So while it wasn't the, the driving or, or top reason that um, we did it, we are certainly uh, cognizant of the fact that getting these products into people's hands may present an opportunity for a future conversion when they see our product with its iconic green heart on the packaging in their grocery store on their next shopping trip that they will remember it and hopefully it left a warm and fuzzy feeling with them that we donated product during a time of, of crisis and that we were a helper. And hopefully they'll tell other people about that feeling. So this is very much a, a long game and not something that we're expecting an immediate ROI on. I think if it's possible, I can also dovetail onto that. Many brands, whether you're just starting out or you are established, um, we all face the same challenges on our P&L, right? Manufacturing is a finance of fractions of pennies to make certain that you can keep your business open and you can do more. The most important thing in business is to keep the doors open. However, when looking at doing good, whether it is an investment into a higher cog because it is more environmentally friendly, whether it is a brand action that can help build community, I think too many brands are focused on the upfront cost and do not view the long-term benefit to their P&L. When you have something that is true and authentic to who you are and your cultural identity as a brand, that upfront cost, when the story is told correctly, can build brand equity with your consumers. That will build a brand that will increase your velocity. And if your path is going towards an exit, it will give you an additional multiple upon your exit. Now, the only way that this works is if it's something that is true to your nature and something that connects with the community that you're building around you. But quite often, there's many steps that any CPG brand, especially any in the natural and organic space, can do that is going to be able to, to, to uh, have a long-term benefit to their bottom line. For established brands, donations and outreach are a way for legacy companies to remind consumers not just of the products that they offer, 
but as Solheim at Unilever notes, also the foundational values of those brands. Uh, obviously, brands like Knorr uh, has built into its essence, its purpose uh, is to, to, to provide nutritious food for everyone. Its purpose is, or its belief is, that nutritious food is a human right, a right that every American has. So obviously, before this crisis, during this crisis, and after this crisis, nor will continue to live those values. And uh, nor was the leader of our brands that was leading on the, on the food donations. You know, this provides fantastic value and convenience for in-home meals. Uh, and they will continue that work throughout the crisis, partnering with Food Trust, uh, a Better Life Foundation, and others. Hellman's uh, is another one of our big, uh, big brands that is, has a, a big presence in, uh, in most uh, kitchens and homes across America, whose mission is around real food and no waste. And again, here, Hellman's will be engaged uh, to really look at how they can best impact the community in this short time window uh, whilst continuing its great work around reducing food waste and uh, other waste like we have moved to 100% PCR, post-consumer recycled plastic, to remove all that virgin plastic from uh, the economy and from the environment. Um, But the focus in the short term will be back on feeding America uh, for sure. And other brands like Lipton Tea has a, has a great role to, uh, to provide a break and, and, uh, and needed relief uh, during these stressful times. So again, we are looking to see how Lipton can play a role in, uh, in providing some comfort uh, to the people during this crisis. Well, the upheaval caused by the coronavirus has many brands in firefighting mode right now. Icelandic Provisions Alexander also sees the current chaos as a chance to reevaluate old and new approaches, including e-commerce. Uh, we remain extraordinarily bullish uh, about the future. Um, you know, there's, there's no question that, it, you know, we have a strong country and strong people and we will get through this situation. I think the question that nobody knows is how long it's going to take. Um, but but we remain, regardless, very bullish about our future prospects uh, for growth. Uh, you know, we continue to grow well even through the uh, first weeks and months of this crisis and we expect to continue to grow well. We have lots of exciting innovation in our pipeline. Uh, But what we're starting to think about as we sort of uh, get through this first phase of um, all of the steps we've had to take to secure our business uh, as as this crisis has unfolded, you know, we're thinking about, look, this this may go on for months, for several months, or or God forbid, even a year in terms of different types of uh, consumer behavior and sheltering from home and social distancing and more online purchasing. So we're also thinking about, um, you know, how how do we want to pivot and, and change things? And, you know, the, the move to, uh, to heavying up in e-commerce is one of them. But there, there are likely other things we're going to want to do um, as consumers uh, adapt to the new environment, and, uh, and we need to adapt with them. 
happen. You know, as we plan and build out for long-term growth, we're really excited to uh, welcome uh, two new members to our uh, management team. Uh, first is a, a new VP of sales to lead all of our sales efforts. And uh, Carolyn Donahue uh, comes to us from uh, Cyber Dipping Company, where she had a great track record. And uh, she's come in uh, and, and will be leading all of our uh, customer engagement efforts. Uh, and then we also have just started virtually last week, uh, Dan Hickel, uh, who most recently was at uh, Cliff Bar, and he's joined us as our new chief marketing officer. So, you know, as, I, as I've been saying, we remain um, really committed to growth, uh, really bullish about uh, the future. Uh, we now have two new, uh, you know, demand creation um, uh, people on board to help lead those efforts. And uh, yeah, we're, we're super excited about both Carolyn and Dan joining and, uh, and super excited about the future and, and, and all the growth that's in front of us. Before those predictions of a bright future can come true, though, the industry and everyone needs to get through this current crisis. And as I'm sure you've all have heard, the best way for us to do that is to do it together, which is why each of these brands are calling on others in the industry that have not already done so to step up and do what they can to help with the many people who have lost jobs, have reduced incomes, and reduced access to food during and after the pandemic. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.